you sometimes don't realize through your message, right? Through the way you go about accomplishing your missions in business and life, the impact you make on other people. And that's how come it's so important to be clear on being on purpose. Your values, if you're aligned with your values, you will naturally make an impact. All right. I'm here with the one and only JT DeBolt. JT, thanks so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me, brother. It's great to be here. Oh, man, this is a great full circle moment. You were my original business coach and mentor. Uh, you're, you're the man, dude. I'm, I'm just so excited for this, man. We're going to fly high, fly fast and fly far today, bro. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. This has been a, a really big moment, even for me just to, uh, you know, it's, it's a big honor for you to, to invite me here. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Hey, right on, man. Uh, JT, you're a leadership and mission accomplishment strategist. You're a momentum shifter. You're an author, a speaker, and a former a former naval aviator. Your IG is at JT DeBolt. And once again, JT, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Let's jump right into it, man. What does inspired living mean to you? You know, it's interesting. Um, when I think of this, the, the best way, I guess the most succinct way I can kind of explain that is through a story. There was a point in my life when I basically knew right from the beginning what I wanted in life, which was, it's kind of rare, I think, uh, especially the more people I've had the privilege to work with, they will sometimes struggle with this concept of purpose, you know, like what's my life purpose. And I think that can be such a big, uh, you know, kind of like a heady subject to, to address. And a lot of times we feel overwhelmed by that. And for me, for whatever reason, I just kind of knew it right off the bat. I knew I wanted to fly airplanes in the Navy you know, I wanted to go off and do cool stuff like that. So I kind of just followed that. And granted, it wasn't, you know, like all the dominoes didn't line up. They didn't all fall the way they're supposed to fall. I had to kind of, you know, you, you have to work through a lot of that stuff. But to me, what inspired living, a life, inspired life, uh, lifestyle and inspired life in general is where you are literally in pursuit of things with purpose. Even if it's not your life purpose, it's where you're pursuing things that you feel great about. And I want to be clear on this. I'm not talking about following your bliss, right? Or following your passion, because that can sometimes, I think, can actually spiral people into, you know, a little bit of a uh, stuck state, if you will. But I think we can all do things. If you find that passion, uh, you can find it. And in fact, in some cases, what I like to say is don't follow your passion. Don't follow your bliss. Let your passion or your bliss follow you. So when you're showing up to stuff, you know, and you're like, man, I really want to, you know, you, you may say to yourself, I don't know what I want, but I know I don't want this. Believe it or not, it's like one of the first steps of the awakening. The second part, though, is you start asking yourself, cool, well, you know, if you don't want this, what's the opposite of that? And you come up with kind of almost like the polar opposite. And you might say to yourself, well, that's not quite it either. And you start to kind of walk your way into somewhere where you kind of find your center. And that's what, to me, you know, kind of being inspired, it means, you know, having that fire in your belly doesn't necessarily mean you're always happy, right? Doesn't always mean that everything's going your way. And that's the whole concept behind that, you know, don't follow your passion, don't follow your bliss necessarily. You might. For me, I was fired up, dude. Like I knew I wanted to fly airplanes. And when I finally did achieve that, it was like a big deal. But, in, you know, living an inspired life means knowing that you can and will make an impact. And it's, Honestly, it's our responsibility to do that and to feel great about who you are as a person and what your contributions can be, no matter how big nor how small, 
you know, that to me is kind of what it means to, to live an inspired life. See, this is why I wanted you on, man, because that's awesome. And, you know, it's like I said before, it's a full circle moment for me because you really helped me with that idea. But before I even had the idea of inspired living or whatever that means, you know, um, you, you helped me to identify what I didn't want. Right. And for me, I didn't want to work for someone else. I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to create my own version of an inspired life, man. And, and so that kind of leads me into my next thing, which is champion mindset, because, you know, like I said before, you, I, man, I was listening to you every day for, for a while, you know, I, I would wake up in the morning, I would listen to your, your stuff on YouTube and, um, and you just really helped me with creating my own champion mindset. Mm -hmm. So I was hoping you could kind of get into that. Like what is champion mindset and how does that relate back to the idea of inspired living? Yeah, it's funny. I, literally first got this concept through my ridiculous diehard avid love of the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> and, um, you know, they had some, some really great years and have had for a while. And I think part of it is through inspired leadership, uh, which is a whole different topic. But one thing that I'd noticed about when they really shifted, because I, like I said, I've been a fan since they came into the league way back in the day. And, um, <laughs> you know, they weren't always very good. And, um, to see the behavior and the belief system and literally the way they show up and the way that they prepare, the way they execute and the way they debrief afterwards to kind of learn from uh, the game, learn from the practice was truly an, uh, a really great personification of a, of a championship mindset. And I think one thing that came to mind real clear for me was the belief that why not me? Mm. Why not me? Right. Because mm -hmm. here's the deal, man. We can all have this in our life where we're like, you know, I'd love to like for you, I'd love, I'd love to have my own business. I don't want to work for somebody else. Right. You didn't say, uh, you know, well, I do that, but you know, why me? I, I you know, I, I can't do that. That's different. That's that to me is kind of that, uh, defeatist mindset, a champion mindset's like, dude, may as well be me, bro. Like, you know, how come I can be me? It, 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 I'm, I can do this. And even if you don't have the pieces in place, even if you don't have the knowledge or the skills yet, it's that attitude that you can win the attitude that you have, uh, you know, kind of a, a right to the throne, not from a place of deservability, not from a place of entitlement, mind you, but from a place of I'm willing to work my ass off. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I will eat a hole through the wall if I need to, to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the kind of thing, brother, I like really truly believe this about all of us. We have the capacity if we choose to, if we choose to. And what you'll notice is the true champions of life, whether it be in sports, business, art, doesn't matter what it is, the best band musicians you've ever heard, uh, the best artists you've ever seen, whether it's a sculptor or a painter or a dancer, uh, best actor. It doesn't matter what the, what the medium is, what the industry is. The people that rise to the top are the people that truly believe that they were meant for that. So they have that why not me attitude and uh, they, they just go full force. They lean into the wind and, and they make it happen. And, and granted, there's a lot more to it. There's a formula to this, but my point to it is, is, you know, you asked a question about the championship mindset. It is absolutely not. It's more than just a belief system. It's a way of behaving. It's a way of showing up to it. You know, like every right. single day is a, is a championship opportunity. That's what I learned from the Seahawks. Michael Gervais, you've had Dr. Gervais on here before. Yeah. And just that, that belief, like, dude, every day is, uh, you know, that competition day, man. I'm going to compete against myself. I'm going to see if I can do it better today than I did it yesterday. And uh, yeah. I truly believe that, you know, you got to have that in life. And uh, when you do, 
magic. You know, I don't even like the word magic because it's just not. It's not. It's not magic at all. It actually is very intentional. Right. The more intentional you are, the more focused you are, dude. That's that's where the that's where the really cool stuff happens. Yes. Yes, man. Yes. And I want to stay on this for a little bit because going back to that time when I was like really transitioning from like the old me to the new me, <laughs> like right. the boss, the, the, the leader, the inspired leader uh, version of myself, I was working on my mindset every day and you definitely were a part of that. But I, I, I feel like it's a muscle that you have to train, you know, and you have to condition just like any other muscle. You have to be like, yeah, I'm a champion. Like, and not just a champion, like a winner, like uh, in sports, like a champion of, of life. I think you started your book. You said like right now the world needs more champions. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I just love that because it's like, yeah, like the, the world does need that. The world yeah. does need this champion mindset and people. So I'm, I'm hoping you could just expand a little bit because um, specifically on Sean White, because I, I heard this uh, th- this uh, YouTube video that you were talking about Sean White and how he kind of struggled in the Olympics. But then he came back and won the gold medal. And and that's kind of a perfect example of champion mindset. He's obviously a a, 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 a amazing champion right but just taking that example of champion mindset how he was able to bounce back you know and win gold and if you could relate that back to anyone listening to this who might not be a olympic champion but could still have that same mindset yeah you know and it's funny you say that because you don't have to even be an athlete you don't have to be in sports I'm, i'm thrilled that you said that because it's true the champion mindset championship mindset if you think about just even you know, what the word itself means to be a champion. It doesn't necessarily, you know, directly relate to sports or, you know, competitive uh, sports, at least. Right. It has everything to do with how you show up to life. And Sean specifically, I love that guy, man. He, when uh, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for which Olympics that was, but, uh, you know, he had a really rough go. He came in as a heavy favorite, I might add. Uh, he trained, his training regimen was just ridiculous to the point where they actually built him a private uh, uh, half pipe mm-hmm. deep, I think, in the mountains of Colorado somewhere. So private, they had to uh, helo him in and out of it. So there was a ton of resources put into his preparation. But then his his absolute approach to it was, you know, I'm here to I'm here to win this whole thing. Sean, like all of us, the you know, the 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 thing we can learn from him that he performed and, and role played beautifully a role model beautifully for us was this belief that it's it is mine to have but I'm gonna have to work my ass off for it and it doesn't always mean that that means everything is hard laborious you know difficult and that, that's not necessarily what I'm saying but what I'm saying is I'm willing to do whatever it takes and I'm willing to do all of it all of it I don't care yeah you throw it at me I will freaking gobble it up, put it on my plate, dude. Give me a fork and we're after it. Yes. And that's kind of what he did. So he gets to the Olympics, man, and he's very well prepared, heavy favorite. And he kind of gets in, gets himself behind the curve with his scores. And I can't remember specifically, I think he had a really bad fall that almost looked like, man, this might be the end of the Olympics for him. So there was a lot of doubt behind it. But he came out on that next uh, run and the one that ultimately I think led to uh, the gold medal. And you could tell that there was total focus, a little bit of pissed off, you know, a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, but 100% reliance and belief that what he'd put forth was going to propel him, you know, so he put the work in, that's the key to it. He was very laser focused. He stuck to his plan and he executed and he kind of just allowed the rest to take care of itself. 
honestly, bro, like that to me is what it takes to be very successful in anything, whether you're building a business, building a strong relationship, building a family. Uh, if you're building a community, maybe you're somebody who's you know involved in that. Regardless of whether you're a, an Olympic athlete or you are a, you know, a champion of business and life, it doesn't matter. We're all, we, and as soon as we, you know, sort of accept the fact that we are in a leadership capacity on some, on some point, that's where you, if you take that attitude, like I'm going to prepare, I'm going to execute, I'm going to stay focused, and I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. And if the chips don't fall where I want them to, then we're going to scrape them up, stack them up and do it again, man. We're going to do it. And we're going to do it. And we're going to do it until, and that's that attitude of, you know, like I'll do it until is absolutely part of that. And I, I, I definitely, definitely saw that in Sean White yeah. uh, in those Olympics for sure. Yeah, no, I love that story. And it kind of uh, makes me think of the idea of responding versus reacting because yeah. he responded and you talk about this in your book, flight plan to success, which uh, we'll continue to talk about. Cause it's a great book for any, any entrepreneur, any athlete, anyone who wants to be, you know, associate with the idea of inspired living. Right. Um, but talk a little bit about responding versus reacting, because I just think it fits so good in this, this spot of this discussion. Well, they both will work. One is more effective. So, <laughs> okay. uh, and, and I'll say this reaction is much more kind of, uh, emotional, whereas response is much more logical. It causes us mm -hmm. to have to kind of think through what we're going to do. And I'll give you a great example. Like Imagine this. Imagine you and I are hanging out and we go out to dinner and it's kind of a dark night, but we're going to have dinner. We're walking home. We're walking back or maybe we're going to go grab a drink afterwards. And we walk past this dark abandoned house, you know, and there's lightning and thunder, the typical setup for a great horror movie. And mm -hmm. you go, hey, JT, let's go in the house. And I'm like, all right, man, let's go. So we go in there pitch black, no electricity. It's spooky as hell. And then all of a sudden out of the darkness, something grabs your shoulder. Now in that moment, unlikely you're going to go, huh? Interesting. There's pressure on my shoulder. It feels like a hand. It's kind of cold. Like that would be a reaction or a response. You would think through all those things. Hell no, dude. Like if something grabs you in the dark, you're going to jump. That's an appropriate response. That's what I mean by both of them have their place a response to it though. So a reaction is kind of that knee jerk, what's going on, I'm under attack. It can be fight or flight, it can be fear-based. It doesn't always have to be. In business and life, if we're reactive, that's where we're allowing our emotions to lead us. If we're responsive, it's where we actually have the practice of slowing our, our physiology down, literally getting our breathing under control and saying to ourselves, okay, now what? What's next? What are we going to do about this? So the reaction is more emotional. The response is more logic-based. And it does require having some skills in place for how to manage our emotions and our physiology. And then also relying on our training, relying on our planning, and then taking the next best step. Here's the thing you got to understand. There is no way on earth in our lives that we can be fully prepared for everything. Mm. So there will be an element where we might feel like we have the ability or, you know, this seems like an appropriate place to be reactive. That's the challenge for a true leader though, is to say, okay, cool. Can I keep my emotions temporarily under control long enough to come up with the best plan for the next best step? The best that I know how to do, not necessarily the world beating best idea ever. The question is, how can I be as effective as possible in this moment of crunch, in this moment of chaos, in this moment of pressure, 
and respond as opposed to react. Response, mm. again, is about thinking logically, slowing things down, being much more in our own personal power so that we can influence the situation. Reaction is about the situation controlling us and us kind of releasing all, all of our power to it. So big difference. Love that. No, I love that. Man, you know, so this whole project, JT, is it kind of started as like a, a way to hopefully inspire the youth athlete. It's kind of transformed now into also entre entrepreneurs and coaches and anyone in leadership because this is all mindset training, right? This right. is all champion mindset training. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask you about is kind of the idea of surrounding yourself with high altitude people, as you like to call them, yeah. because I think that's a big challenge for a lot of us as people who are on that path of, of trying to be the best versions of ourselves, whether it's in our sport, in our business, in life, it's tricky. You know, you, 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 you got to really surround yourself with people that lift you up. Like, and like, yeah. I love you, the way you call it, like high altitude people. Can you just talk a little bit about that and how that really fits into this conversation? For sure. And I got to say, I think you've done a beautiful job of doing that. You know what I mean? Mm. Both with what you were doing and have done with youth uh, athletes, but also what you do with entrepreneurs. Because when I talk about a high altitude person and the high altitude life or the high altitude behavior, it harkens back to my career as a naval aviator. And so what we used to say is, you know, like if you're above, it, it requires a certain, um, a higher level of skill to fly aircraft at high altitudes. Now you can go out and get your pilot's license and fly a small aircraft and you can fly down low, you can fly, you know, go sightseeing and do all those kinds of things. Still takes, you know, a degree of training and discipline to be able to do that. So by no means are we diminishing that. You have to understand that down low, the closer to the ground, there's a lot more stuff, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's more telephone poles, there's more buildings, there's more even mountains and terrain that you have to be concerned with. And of course, if you're flying airplanes, uh, there's more air traffic. There's just more stuff. There's more birds. Yeah. If you start to climb in altitude, believe it, believe it or not, hitting a bird in an airplane will ruin your day. Like it's, <sighs> it's, not, it's no small thing. Having done it myself, uh, having that experience, I can attest to that. But the higher in altitude you go, the less there are those encumberments that slow us down, that weigh us down. We can begin to see further you get to get up to a higher altitude. In some cases, depending on your altitude, not only can you see, you know, miles away, you can see across state lines or maybe even the borders of countries, depending on where you're at. The higher in altitude you go, the fewer, uh, you know, there's less turbulence. Not always, but sometimes. But more importantly is it requires a higher quality person, a higher elevated skill level in order to be uh, uh, certified to fly above a certain altitude. So there's a lot of the kind of technical side to that, but what it really represents the metaphorical side to this is that it causes you to elevate your game, right? It cause it's more of an investment in fuel to get up to a higher altitude, right? So it causes you just like you've done to invest in yourself, to grow mm -hmm. your skills, to grow your mindset, to grow uh, your ability, your, to create impact like what you've done with your podcast and through your program. And what's interesting about this is just like you being a high altitude person, you start to attract other higher level people. High altitude people naturally want to fly formation with higher high altitude people at that higher right. altitude. They don't want to be goofing around down here where they're constantly looking over their shoulder. Am I worried about hitting a mountain? Am I worried about hitting another airplane? Am I worried about hitting a bird? Those are metaphors, but think about how many times in our lives we do that, where we get weighed down by the stuff that absolutely does not help us move forward with our mission. 
the crap that totally encumbers us from being able to get the results that we're after. You right. work harder down low. The air is thicker, which means the fuel, uh, you, you know, you burn more fuel down low. There's a lot of things to this, but as it applies to business and life, hell yeah, man. The more time we spend down here screwing around with the BS and, and allowing ourselves to get kind of like clobbered with, you know, the drama and other people's agendas and all this other kind of crap, we don't have time right. for that as leaders. You want right. to get yourself up at that higher altitude so that you can see the big picture, so you can be more of an asset, more of a contributor to society, but more importantly, so that you can achieve what you actually want to achieve in your business and in your life. Yeah, yes. Amen to that, man. I, I just, I think when someone's starting out uh, on the entrepreneur path uh, or the champion mindset path, I think that can be a challenge. Um, but I think it's conversations like this and it's, and it's surrounding people, surrounding yourself with people like you, um, you know, which I've, I've done, you know, and, and I think that really helps, you know, it really helps to condition your mind to say, Hey, you know what? I want to be in a high altitude person. So I got to find other high altitude people to surround myself with, yeah. you know? And, uh, I just think it's a, it's a key part of this, this picture here. Um, let's talk about the idea of being on mission versus having goals. Mm -hmm. I, I know you're a, you're big on, on having a mission. You really help me like identify my mission, but go ahead and, and talk about that. I'd love to, how much time you got? <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally it's, it's almost, you know, um, a conversation that, well, in fact, it has been a conversation I've covered in, you know, multi-day trainings that I've put on. The biggest thing I can tell you is this, this, the, the most important differentiation that I've come to realize and the one that I want people to kind of realize for themselves is goals are nice, uh, but they have a tendency to be very fleeting and they have a tendency to sort of have an escape clause. You know what I mean? Uh, right. That's the reason I don't per personally love traditional goal setting, you know, smart goals and all that kind of stuff. I found them to be anything but smart. <laughs> and if you look at the statistics, there's been a lot of study, a lot of research done on uh, traditional goal setting, the failure rate somewhere, depending on the study that you look at around 92%. Now, here's what's interesting about that. So you go 92%. Let's imagine if there's, there's 100 of us in a room, we all have a very big goal that we want to achieve. That means that literally eight people in a room of 100 are going to actually achieve their goal. Great. Now, let's take a look at those eight. Of those eight, approximately six are going to actually have some level of satisfaction to their goal. Meaning they'll hit it and go, hey, that's pretty cool, man. I worked my tail off to get here. And now I got what I you know, had hoped for. That means six people out of 100, 6% are going to hit their goal and actually be happy with it. Everybody else is going to walk away with some sort of parting gift that is not what they wanted. That sucks, man. So what I started to ask the question was, how the hell does a person have a higher probability of success? Meaning, I really want to achieve something. And how do I ensure that I don't fall into that 92 or 94% of people who either hit the goal and are unhappy with it or hit the goal or miss the goal altogether. The first part is to stop calling it a goal because mm -hmm. it does psychologically give you a way out. You're like, okay, so my goal is to lose 10 pounds. Well, what if you don't? Eh, not the end of the world. Whereas if it, if it becomes a mission, it becomes much more intense. Again, it goes back to reaction versus response. Now we're starting to think about what it is about this particular target that we're shooting for. And again, you know, kind of harkens back to my career as an aviator. We yeah. never set the goal to go flying. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, let's go <laughs> flying someday. Like that just didn't happen. You got a multi, multi-million dollar piece of equipment. You've got, you know, lives on the line. Potentially you are literally wanting to execute a mission and there was nothing but 
you know, we had to succeed. We had a, always had to succeed. I'm very grateful because I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, match my takeoffs with my landings. So every time we, you know, every time we went to go fly a mission, we came back safe, brought every single person back with us, which was awesome. Not Huge. everybody can say that. Right. And the reason that that's, we have a high probability or a high success rate with our missions was because we approached it from a place of mission accomplishment, not goal setting. So I teach this, but the biggest thing, Aaron, and I, and I got to tell you, I, th- I just love that you're bringing this up is if a person approaches the things that are really important in their life, I'm not talking about, hey, we're going to go to the grocery store or, you know, we're going to go, uh, you know, run errands, not stuff like that. Maybe. But not necessarily. But if it's something super important to you, whether it's setting a, a date and, uh, you know, taking your family on a family vacation or launching a business like you did or writing a book or, you know, getting out of debt, doesn't matter what the thing is. Instead of saying, yeah, someday, you got to realize someday may as well refer or uh, take the word someday out and say never. Right. Hey, someday I'm going to launch a business. Take the word someday out and, and put the word never in and see how that feels. Just check in on yourself. I'm never going to launch a business. That'll tell you whether or not what you're talking about is a goal or a mission. Because if you're like, oh, okay, it's not that bad, then it's a goal. But if you say to yourself, someday I'm going to launch my business. And then you take the word someday out and put never. I'm never going to launch my business. If that makes you sick to your stomach, if that pisses you off, if that fires you up, then that is now in the category of a mission. Now it gets exciting, dude, because that's right. when we start building the flight plan. We actually start building the structure and the strategy that will ensure or at least elevate your probability of success. And if you don't succeed, it gives you an even higher probability of getting back on the mission and accomplishing it the second or third time. Not everything happens on our first go. So that's the other part about it is if it's a mission, it is a must. If it's a goal, eh, it's kind of one of those things. Right. Yeah. That even that word mission just, just carries a lot of weight. Right. Yeah, and it just it feels, really it, and it just feels good to like be on mission. Right. If you're not on mission in life, it's like, okay, you're just kind of floating around, you know, maybe like you said, uh, trying to wait for the next goal. Right. Yeah. Um, eh, that's cool. But mission. Wow. That's like, okay, I know what I'm doing. And it, um, it reminds me, you, you wrote something in your book. Like, I think you said you are the pilot of your dream. And I love that. Because being on mission really relates to having a dream, you know, Um, talk about that. Talk about having a dream because, you know, part of being an entrepreneur or even a champion is having this vision first before you do the work, before you make the plan. You kind of have to have the vision. And I like the word dream. Dream is like it's dreamy. It's like, man, you know, like I wonder what it would be like to have that. You know, Mm -hmm. talk about how the dream and having and and like you said, um, you know, being, you know, you are the pilot of your dream, how that relates to creating your mission. Right. Well, it's interesting you say that because in the beginning stages of anything that's important to a person before it in, in order for it to actually transform from a goal into a mission, it has there has to be that sense of dream. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the way I like to kind of think of it this way is in order for it to get solid and to become something that is attainable for you, not, not meaning attainable, but like where you're, where it becomes a must for you, it actually becomes a mission is you, it does start off with that. What's possible for me. Yeah. What's possible. And then again, back to the question, why not me? Yeah. You might say, Hey, it's possible for, for Aaron to build a business. Look at what he did, man. 
It's possible for him, not just any business, but a business he truly loves. It's possible for him. What about me? Mm-hmm. No, we have to then go, okay, well, cool. So now we're dreaming about this thing. Let's start really thinking about this. Why not me, man? I, I could dream just as much as he can. And I've got a heart and soul. I've got, I've got a, you know, a fire in my gut. I'm getting some of this. I'm going to go do this. So there's a part of that that is you know, like where it, it goes from being just a dream to something where we start to see the solidification of it. So I, I have something I call the big four. And I truly think that if every single person believes this and puts it into action, they can achieve quite literally anything they put their mind to. The big four is this, your values, your vision, your mission, and your purpose. Now, let me be clear on this. Values are the things that are centered to your character. You can call them your core values. The things that absolutely are a must, the things that help kind of put the bumpers and the sidelines on how you behave and how you show up as a human being, the things you value, right? Vision is what we're talking about. So sometimes we will spend a lifetime creating and solidifying our vision, but that vision is that forward-facing idea and picture of what it is we want to achieve and an understanding of the impact that it makes on the world and and other people. Mm. Mission is literally the vehicle. So you can sort of think, sometimes think of vision. People like to use the word why. I'm not really big on that. But the vehicle is the mission. That's how we're going to achieve the the why. I like to call it the what, actually, because it's a lot more solid than than just the why. So the what you want to have, the mission is the how. It's the vehicle. It's what gets us there. And when I say purpose, it's not necessarily your life's purpose. It can be. It absolutely can be. But what I'm really talking about is pursuing the, uh, the how in the, it's the, it's the how you do the how, meaning it's the purpose behind how you show up to it, right? So if I said to you, my vision is to create a world where there are more inspired leaders. I want to create more inspired leaders out there. Great. Awesome vision, JT. How are you going to do it? Well, my mission is to build a program in which entrepreneurs and executives and leaders have an outlet to speak, be heard, and to learn and to educate and get strong and, and develop skills. And so I'm going to build this coaching business. I'm going to build this program. I'm going to build these products. That's the mission. And then the purpose is, is exactly how I show up to that. If I'm driven by purpose, I'm not going to go, hey, guys, welcome to this, uh, this interview. It's awesome. <laughs> no, man. I'm fired right. up, brother, because I see this as a huge gift. Like you've given me this opportunity to be on your platform, to, to show up and, and, and kind of break bread, if you will, yep. and, and have this community where you and I are talking about what, you know, inspires us. And hopefully, hopefully it fires somebody else up, dude. Just think about this. A year from now, five years from now, somebody might trip across this interview or other interviews you've done on your podcast, and it might be the thing that lights them up. They then start a business. They start a business that hires two people. One of those people needed to get out of a job that was corrosive to their, to their core. Another person had to have the job so they could feed their kids. Just that alone because of a conversation you had a year, two, three, four years ago. That's what I'm talking about. And so if you approach things on purpose with intention, those big four, values, vision, mission, and purpose, dude, they're, the, they're, the, they're literally the pillars for what I've found to be not just success, which I think is a word that sometimes gets bastardized but that inspired life that we've been talking about. And so really, when you're talking about accomplishing a mission, dude, it means I'm going to get this thing done no matter what. Here's the cautionary tale. At some point, 
the mission comes to an end. Mm -hmm. They always do. They're finite. The vision is what you're going to probably spend the rest of your life pursuing. There might come a time where you realize the vision and you're sitting back and you're like, holy shit, dude, I have built something pretty magic here. Now what? Right? Yeah. Then you can start to rewrite a new vision, but pretty much it's going to be consistent throughout the entire thread of your life. The mission can change week to week, month to month, year to year. It might take you five years to accomplish the mission. It might take you five weeks. Who knows? The point is, is that you got to be ready for that next one. So you keep that thing going and keep the mission, uh, you know, keep, uh, keep the, keep your story, keep your, keep your spirit freaking moving forward. Keep that impact coming. Yeah, man. Yes. You just mentioned success. I've been asking most of every, all of my guests what success means to them. In your book, you talk about GPS mm -hmm. and the way you relate it to the, you know, the, the GPS of, a, of an airplane or a, yeah. or a car, but you, you talk about it as goal, purpose, and strategy. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit and get into that? Absolutely. So again, and I'm thrilled that we're talking about goals here because it's a little bit different than mission. A right. goal can be very effective. You can use it, almost think of it like the rungs on a ladder. The mission in of itself is to get to the top of the ladder. So sometimes we need those goals, those rungs to help us kind of accomplish the mission. Right. But when I talk about success, I say it's a recipe for success, regardless of what it is that you are shooting for. Everybody's version and definition of success is different, by the way. You and right. I have a difference, probably pretty closely aligned. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't necessarily matter what a person's definition for success is. The question is how, how do they go about it? And what I've found through the work I've done with folks and also what I use in my own life is number one, you got to get clear on how we're going to get like those little steps. So you set these, these goals and like by the end of the week, by the end of the month, by the end of the year, I'm going to hit these things. Now, again, not to contradict myself before when I said, Hey, goals can be very less effective than a mission. They can be, but they can also support the mission. So we hit these little goals. They've got to be meaningful though. They've got to be pertinent. They got to be specific and they have to tie into the bigger picture. That's how come if you're mission focused, the goals make more sense. Second is the purpose. Everything we do has to have purpose. Otherwise we're kind of going through life. You know, mm -hmm. I was just talking about this uh, to uh, one of my uh, clients this morning. She wasn't clear on the purpose for uh, doing a launch. She's getting ready to do a major launch in her business. She wants to do the launch. She wants to make a bunch of money. And I said, that makes total sense. I get it. However, what is it you really are trying to do? What is, and I asked her this question. I'm like, what do you want? Crickets. She like looked at me like I had asked her, you know, the equation, like what, what's the, uh, you know, square root of 9,256. She just literally kind of looked at me and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what does he want? What do you want? Now think about that. How often do people ask you that question and truly mean it? Not, not for ways like, what do you want? I'm saying, what is it you want? Yeah. Like never. Right. Nobody right. ever asks that question. A great yeah. coach, a great mentor will ask those questions. You can ask them of yourself. You can ask them of your clients. You can ask them of the people that you love and care about. So what is it you want? I like and, I, and listen, I encourage all of us to do this. Forget New Year's resolutions. Please stop doing that. It's ridiculous, <laughs> right? Don't even get me started, Aaron. Like get me all wound <laughs> up, man. But literally once a year, once a quarter, ask yourself the question, what is it I want? And the question then becomes, am I getting after it? Am I actually doing that? And that's when we talk about purpose. So the goal is, hey, man, I want to hit this, this, and this. Maybe it's an income goal. Maybe it's a fitness goal. Maybe it's a uh, relationship goal. I want to do a date night with my wife every single uh, Friday or every other Friday. If you've got something you can track, 
that's a goal. Purpose, are you showing up to it intentionally are, or are you going through the motions? And then of course, structure or strategy is literally the way that you stay on the path and also create uh, refinements to the steps that you're taking so that you increase the probability of accomplishing the mission and therefore getting the success you want. If you've got all those three things in place, you can't help but look back and help it define your version of success. Love that. I really, really resonate with that. And especially the idea of asking what you want and speaking what you want, right? Like there's a power in, in telling someone else what you want and what you're going to do, you know, um, just speaking it out like that. I've learned that over the years because, you know, um, I didn't always do that. I, I, a lot of the, a lot of that stuff that I kept inside, but right now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working on finishing my book and I'm talking about that. I'm telling people I'm finishing it, you know? And, uh, and so I, I really, to me, the, the idea of success is being so dang sure about what you're doing, right? Yeah. Like, and that, that leads me to my next thing, which is about clarity, yeah. right? And getting clarity on your message and your contribution, right? Your contribution. I, I think the idea of message, I'd like you to talk about that a little bit because, you know, when I first started this journey, um, I didn't know my message, Mm-hmm. But I knew I had something in there, JT. I knew I had some some unique message, but I didn't quite know what it was. And it took me a while to get clear on it. And and now I am clear on it. My 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 message is, you know, live an inspired life. Be mm-hmm. inspired, you know, stay inspired. Do things that inspire you. Surround yourself with people that inspire you. Like inspiration to me, I know it's kind of a woo-woo term now because a lot of people are using it, but in spirit like that to me yeah. is like you're you are aligned up with your true spirit so doing things and 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 going places and and living a life that fires you up that aligns you with your spirit i think is the is the way right and yeah. and it's a practice i'm no guru at this but it, i'm so curious about it because it fires me up it inspires me to even talk about stuff like this so my message mostly to youth athletes but now to everyone is you know find that for yourself you know, find that for yourself and create projects and, and create, create. We are yes, not here baby. to consume. We are here to create. Yes. You know? so, so that is a big part of my message, but it took me a while to get there. I'm still refining it. Talk a little bit about getting that clarity on, on for anyone listening to this, you know, who's like unsure of their message or, or, or even like, what, what do you mean by message? Right? Yeah. Like talk about that for a second. Dude, first of all, I just have to say, and this was one of the things that in my life I've, I've learned the hard way. I love that you said this about be a creator and not a consumer. I didn't, even though it seems pretty obvious, I didn't really get how important that message actually is, especially nowadays. Like we need more people that are creators and not consumers. It's okay. Like, Hey, listen, every now and then plop on the couch, do a little Netflix and chill, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or go through the scroll hole on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. (laughs) But listen, you and I both know, especially your audience, built for better than that, built for more than that. Yeah, man, maybe you need to kind of do some research. Hey, I want to see what folks in my industry or my niche are, do- are doing, niche, niche, whichever. Mm-hmm. The, the point is, is that there's a part where just like Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or whatever it is, yeah, you can eat and then you got to stop because you're full. Now it's time to work that thing off. It's time to you know get after it. And that's literally, so I just had to take that side sidebar because it's so powerful. And I thrilled that I'm thrilled that you said that it is about being a creator. And if you see yourself, if we all see ourselves as creators, we cannot help, but march that much more confidently forward into the world and make a positive impact. Now, listen, 
the degree of positivity or negativity to that impact is not on us. It's on whoever receives the message mm -hmm. because you will likely make your message as you, you, you were talking about, uh, you'll share that message and it probably will piss some people off. I know mm -hmm. I have pissed off more people than I ever thought I would just simply by speaking my word and doing it in my style. I drop a lot of four letter words. I love the F word. I really, truly do try to watch it here. But my point is, is like, dude, you be you. When you do it in your fashion, when you do it in your way, that's where the real impact is made because you will have those folks that absolutely hear you, right? They go, man, your message resonated with me. I don't care if your message is everybody should, you know, dance in the sun or everybody should get into some sort of whatever business, you know, vertical that might be. It doesn't matter. Whatever your thing is, if you truly love that, if you believe in it, even if it's not a quote passion or bliss, if you're like, but dude, this is what I'm, this is what fires me up. When I saw you get fired up, dude, that's what it's all about right there. Yeah. We all have the ability to live a life just like that, but it does require going, okay, number one, what is it I stand for? Number two, what, what, what is it I stand against? Meaning what is I will not tolerate? What is the bullshit in my life that I absolutely will not tolerate? Number three, what am I going to do about it? Those three things is how you actually not just have a message, but you live your message. Right. When I right. told you guys, when you asked the question about high altitude people, high altitude mm -hmm. life, I, it's not just a cute kind of metaphor from my aviation background. It is the way of operation. I do not hang out with low altitude people. I don't want to talk about drama. I don't want to talk about bullshit. I want to talk about how in the hell are we going to push each other to be the best we can and freaking love it. Every step, baby, like get fired up. And when it sucks, how do we laugh at the suck? How do we embrace the suck and go, let's go. <laughs> Was that all you got? Come on, man. Like, that's what I'm talking about. So anyway, back to your question. It's that's where your message really is derived from. And I think, you know, the more, when we were talking about getting clarity on your message, clarity is the opposite of certainty. So many times people want it, and we've been sold this too, sold the idea that we have to have certainty because certainty uh, keeps us closed off. It keeps us not open to other suggestions, but it gives us a false sense of safety, a false mm. sense of security, right? So if I'm like, well, I'm certain, uh, Aaron, that the color blue is a really awful color. And you're like, but bro, I love this t-shirt, man. It's even my brand. It's the company that I built. I'm like, yeah, I know. But you know what? Blue, blue is, is, is a sign that uh, you, you can't spell well. And therefore, <laughs> if you can't spell well, you're not smart. And I don't want to be with you because I'm into high altitude people. Whereas clarity is like, I have to come from a place of curiosity. Hey, I noticed your shirt's blue. What does that mean? Dude, this is my brand. Really? Well, what do you mean it's your brand? It's a brand I built from the ground up, brother. And I built it with passion and, and, and focus. And I love what I do. Well, no shit. All of a sudden, there's a new meaning to me. I have become a much uh, more uh, stronger, more capable person as a result of having a conversation with you that was based on curiosity, seeking clarity, as opposed to being closed off and certain that my way is the right way or the yeah. only way. Right. So that's where we get clear. Clarity comes from curiosity and Love curiosity that. is fueled by questions. So mm -hmm. the more questions we ask, the more clear we get, the much more precise we can be with our message, the more precise we can be with our mission and the more fired up and excited we can be about the life we live. Absolutely. Um, it, I want to go right into contribution with that because, you know, you mentioned uh, like the Thanksgiving dinner and it, it, it just 
put this picture in my head of a potluck and I, and, and I, I tell a lot of the kids that we coach, you know, like practice is a potluck. You, you, you don't come to just take, you come to bring, you know, yeah. what are you bringing to the table? Um, I, I want you to talk about contribution and try to tie that into, you know, business and entrepreneurship and, you know, this idea of message and even inspired living. I know that's a lot, but I know you can do it. Um, <laughs> and then, and, and also, you know, you, I, I watched this video of you were talking about this story where you were on a mission. And then after the fact, the uh, one of the commanders told you that your contribution is bigger than you can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, could you talk about that a little bit about that story and just tie all that together? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. I remember I was probably about halfway through my first deployment and uh, we were doing our, our mission was to uh, provide surveillance and reconnaissance for a Navy SEAL team down on the ground. This is over. So we were flying over Afghanistan and these guys had been belly on the ground in the dirt for days or weeks. I can't remember how long it had been a long time. Let's just put it that way. And it was towards the end of their deployment. So basically, as soon as they were done with this mission or one close to it, they were able to rotate and go home. I was at a place in my career where I felt very unfulfilled, even though my lifelong pursuit was to be a Navy pilot. And I'd heard from literally everybody in my life, teachers, coaches, friends, family, you'll never be a Navy pilot. I was a terrible student in high school, uh, all through school, really. And so, you know, most people just said, you'll never make it, dude. And I was, it wasn't a goal. It was my mission. I refused to quit. I refused to fail. And I just yeah. was like, even when I did fail, and I did a lot of times, when I fell short, I got right back on the saddle. And that's how I was able to get through college, get my degree, uh, graduated number one in my class in my ROTC uh, program and uh, was the honor, honor graduate, which is pretty cool, especially considering the caliber of people I was with. Just sure. very, very high caliber people, people to this day I still love and respect. And then was fortunate enough to get accepted to flight school, went off and Navy flight school at the time I went through was a very high percentage of failure rate, like about 80 to 82% of the people that started flight training never completed it. And these are smart people, right? So I'm going through this whole process to finally get my wings. And here's the crazy thing is I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I wanted to fly jets off of carriers. I wanted to be a blue angel. Mm -hmm. It just so happened that the Navy didn't have a bunch of jet slots the week I graduated. So each week they graduate a class of flight training or flight school. My class graduated. There was only three jet slots. I was number five in my class. So that meant I did not get to fly jets. I ended up flying surveillance and reconnaissance. So the, the analogy I often give when I speak on stage is fighter jets are like Ferraris, surveillance and reconnaissance, like a Winnebago, <laughs> like, a, like a big Winnebago on a road trip with a very dysfunctional family, you know, 12 guys and gals on, on my crew different backgrounds, different, you know, ideologies, but we all made it work. And you become like this kind of like Adam's family, you know, like just this dysfunctional family that somehow comes together and makes magic, um, you know, happen above the skies. So I'm kind of dissatisfied and I'm bummed out because I'm not a fighter guy. We go up, we fly this mission one night and I can hear over the radios, you know, uh, ground troops under attack, ground troops getting fired upon. And the fighter guys coming in and swooping down and laying, laying heat on the bad guys. And I'm like, man, I missed it. I should have been there. I should have been there. We're basically flying circles around a target where the SEAL team was embedded. And we had a guy from their SEAL team on board listening in and giving us communication to send back to them. So he was kind of our 
you know, the, the brain of the operation for that night so that he could give them the best intel or the best direction so that they could execute the mission. Long and short of it is, uh, the flight is very long, 12, 14 hour flight. We end up getting the mission accomplished. The SEALs do what they came to do. They get the bad guys, they extract, they get home safely. We fly home and it's a long flight home. And I'm up in the front seat with the other guy. We land the airplane just as the sun's coming up and everybody gets off the plane and I'm strapping. I'm tired, man. And I, you know, I'm pulling all the gear off and I get up to get out of the airplane and in the back, right by the back door, there's this Navy SEAL. He's just standing there. I don't know if you've ever been around Navy SEALs, man. They're pretty impressive human beings, but this particular guy was, he's a little intimidating and I don't get intimidated, but I was like, <laughs> holy shit, what's going on here, man? What's up? I'm the last one on the plane. So clearly he has something he wants to say to me. And he goes, Hey, I just want to say thank you very much for you guys, your professionalism, your execution. It was great. You, you made a huge impact tonight. Those guys are home or you get to go home safe to their wife and kids as a result of what the work you did tonight. And then he just like hit me on the shoulder, walked off the plane. I never saw him again. I stood there for what felt like probably, it was probably like two minutes or 30 seconds, but I was like, did he just say we just made an impact? Like, was that a compliment? You know, it was kind of one of those things. Like I wasn't looking for a compliment by any stretch, but it felt amazing to know that even though I felt like all I was doing was burning holes in the sky, we had as a team, made an impact larger than I could see because of my own self-interest or my insecurities or any of that kind of stuff. And the reason I share that story is because we all as leaders do this on a continual basis, right? You sometimes don't realize through your message, right? Through the way you go about accomplishing your missions in business and life, the impact you make on other people. And that's how come it's so important to be clear on being on purpose. Your values, if you're aligned with your values, you will naturally make an impact. You can't help but do it. In fact, if you're aligned with your values, you'll be that much more on purpose because you'll be aligned with the thing that you know, makes you tick. Your vision, if you've got that and you're clear on it and you're, and you're true to it and you're loyal to it, you're going to make an impact. If you have a mission and you're really dedicated to that, and of course, if you're purpose-based, that's the stuff that happens. And that story, when I tell that story, is like, that is literally what came to light for me. I realized that because I had pursued my career to that point, even though it wasn't the, necessarily the specific outcome I was looking for, hey, I wanted to fly fighter jets. I wanted to be just like in the movies. I, now I'm just this humble guy flying surveillance and reconnaissance. What good am I making? Hey, man, it made a huge impact, not just on that uh, SEAL commander who gave me that that uh, like kind of vote of confidence at the end, but it made an impact on the guys that were on the ground. And we all had that. Man, thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I really, I really think it's relatable specifically to entrepreneurs, but coaches to anyone in leadership. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we do our work and sometimes we don't hear that praise, you know, yeah. and we question ourselves a lot. We're like, man, you know, am I really, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Or am I doing what I, <clears throat> am I following my mission? You know? And like, when we hear it though, it, it does solidify that, that place in us, which is like, yeah, you are bro. You're doing yeah. it, you know? And so it's great. I shot out to that, uh, that commander. Do, do you yeah. remember his name? I don't. And you know what, it, even if I did, I probably couldn't say his name because okay. he's, he's likely still active duty. But what I will say is, cause you said it, it's, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, coaches, 
or people who are in a position of leadership. Leadership is sometimes very thankless. Right. Entrepreneurship is sometimes very disheartening, right. <laughs> especially in the beginning right. or it doesn't even have to be the beginning. I'm just saying this to anybody who's out there right now thinking about this. And they're like, dude, I, what am I doing? Right. You know, does this even matter? Is it worth it? The answer is absolutely. It's worth it. Right. Absolutely. I know it sucks. And right now it might suck. Right. You may have just come through a time where it sucks, or maybe you're about to head into one. You don't even know this. Remember what we're saying, what Aaron and I are saying to you right now. And that is this, listen, you matter. What you do matters. It doesn't matter if you see it yet. Someday you will, but someday somebody's going to write you a letter. Someday, someday somebody's going to send you an email. Someday somebody's going to come up to you and go, Oh my God, I finally got a chance to see you in person. I can't tell you what an impact you made or what an impact you made on my son and my daughter, my husband, my wife, somebody that's not necessarily them. Just know that even if they don't say that, here's the cool part. You don't need to be told by somebody. It feels amazing when you do, but just because you don't hear it doesn't mean you are not making that impact. You matter. If you're in a position of leadership, damn it, you are making an impact. Do what you got to do to stay on that path. And just remember, it, it does matter to people, even if they don't say it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, let's let's uh, jump into entrepreneurship, because that's kind of how we connected, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to know, is entrepreneurship for everyone? It's mm, a good question. I personally don't believe it is. Uh, just as I would say, I don't necessarily think, you know, playing, playing the cello is for everybody. You can, not okay. everybody's going to be yo-yo ma, right? Even okay. if you, I could say, you know, like, and we could all probably think of examples of that. For some people, entrepreneurship is just what feels right. And for other people, it's not, they have zero, zero interest in that. So I would say because entrepreneurship is so dynamic, because it is so challenging, because it can be so frustrating and so rewarding in the same moment. I don't really truly believe it's for everybody. And the reason I say that is because when it's difficult, a true entrepreneur embraces it. They might still complain. They may hate it for the, in the moment, but they just can't let go. Right. When it's amazing, they don't allow it to go so far to their head that it becomes a cruise control moment. I finally won. I finally made the sale. I finally did this. I finally did that. They don't go and sit on the couch and go, yeah, baby, look at me. Right. They literally go, what's next? Absolutely. But they, but they appreciate it. You know what I mean? Right. So right, I guess right. Aaron, like for me to be truly like to speak from the heart, I just don't see entrepreneurship being for everybody. Okay. That said, it's very easy for people to delude themselves into saying, yeah, I failed or this didn't work out. Therefore, it probably isn't for me. That's the question when a, when a person comes to me with that, where I go, okay, are we done whining about this? <laughs> are we ready to grow up and actually see this? And, and let's explore and see if that's very true for you. That's where you have to literally look back and go, what have I done that's been effective? Look back and go, what worked about this? Well, I got my website done. Okay, great. Did you have it before? No, I did not. Okay, awesome. I got my, my brand launched. Did you have that before? Nope. Okay, great. We're starting to create a list of wins. Next, what didn't work? Oh, shit. Well, let me just tell you all about that. And then the people will get really energetic behind that. Yeah, this is what didn't work. And they'll start talking about all their failures. But the question I would ask is, what are the real big doozies? What were the real big setbacks? You can always find the gold in that. Because the next question is, what is it you learned and how are you going to pivot? Sure. 
Sure. You are a better human being as a direct result of getting your ass kicked more so than the person that climbs straight up to the uh, summit of Mount Everest and never even stubbed their toe. I want to talk to the person who got their ass kicked, got up and kept going. And entrepreneurship, generally speaking, is just that. So when somebody <laughs> goes, yeah, maybe I'm not cut out for it. My question is, is that true? Is that in fact true? Because if you say, yeah, it's not for me. I don't want to do this anymore. Great. Throw in the towel. See ya. There's somebody, 9,000 people standing behind you that want the same position that you're trying to build for yourself. Usually we're frustrated and we just are exhausted. And we just need a second, a hot minute to shake it off and go, fuck it, right? Then the question is, what are we going to do next? And I find that the people who are really designed for entrepreneurship are the ones that have their moment where they throw a fit or maybe they don't. Maybe it's very quiet. Take a deep breath. Look at the action plan, the business plan and go, all right, let's do it again. Right. They might say, okay, one more time, even though they know in their mind, it's not one more time, but it's this time. Right. So, so the answer to your question is, I kind of do think it's for only specific people. I, I truly think that it takes a very, very special human being to be an entrepreneur. I don't care if you're highly successful, multi, 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 whatever air, you know, or if you are somebody who's scraping by as a startup, don't care. If you're out there building something and it's benefiting other people and, and you know, you, in the entrepreneur space, you're making money at it. And the thing is, you know, hopefully keeping itself alive. It takes a special kind of person to do that. It does. I, I, so my response to that is I tend to agree with most of what you said, but I do think it's possible that, uh, if you want it bad enough, if you decide that you're a champion and you decide that you you want to have the champion mindset first, mm -hmm. I do believe that with these tools and with this training and, you know, with with uh, information uh, that like like you have in your book, Flight Plan to Success. And if, if you want it bad enough, I think you could do it. And mm -hmm. it leads it leads me to my next thing, which is creating a plan and having that preparedness. And, you know, you were the first person I thought of when. I, uh, when I was making my own plan for my business, West Coast Volleyball Club, because the plan is, is key, right? And I worked really hard on the plan. I actually created a business plan. I, I brought it to an investor and I got funding, right? And it was like this, you know, it was this emotional moment and I had yeah. tears down my face and, and I was just like, man, like if you can create a plan and get real clear and specific on that plan, man, like the world will say yes to you you know, and, and that's, that's what happened to me. And yeah. so I was hoping you could talk about that because you of all people, your brain works in steps. Like even when I hear you speak, you're like, step one, step two, yeah, step yeah. three, like, and all your lessons are like these steps. Right. And, and you've, you've helped train me to have that too. And I, I like that. I'm like, okay, step one, step two, that's training. Right. So yeah. I think with that training, uh, I think you could do it. And, and a lot of people need that training. You know, um, I'm thinking of people in my life that could really use that training of that step, that plan, you know, talk a little bit about preparedness and planning and relate it back to entrepreneurship. Sure. You know, what's interesting too, is I, I just have to say that moment for you, when you shared that with me was so amazing. I, I remember I, I was walking down a street in, um, uh, Bellevue, Washington, and I was, I can't remember, I was in between a meeting and something else, but it was, you know, I was outside and you said, Hey, you have a second. And we talked about it and you shared that story with me. 
I literally remember right where I was standing when, when that happened. And it was, I know, dude, it was a serious like fist pump moment. It was such a cool victory for you. And I was really grateful that you shared that moment with me because I know how hard you worked. I know how dedicated you had been and how diligent you were with the plan. Yeah. And that's literally, you know, to the point of what this question is all about. Even though it seems like I go step one, step two, step three, this is the important part for people to understand. When coming up with a plan, it's perfectly okay if those steps aren't lined up yet. Sure. This is key. So I teach a lot of this when, when I work with uh, my clients is this. Let's talk about all the stuff that's got to happen, first and foremost, that, to the best of your knowledge, right? The flight plan to success methodology. What are all the steps that have to happen? And you're going to say, I don't know all the steps, and that's okay. But if you go, okay, I'm just going to brain dump this stuff on a piece of paper or a spreadsheet or whatever works for you, and you write it all out. I, I'd say this because I love to physically write, right? I just list all the stuff that I think I might need to do. I don't care if it's, this is what it takes to get the website built. This is what it takes to open the doors. This is what it takes to acquire that piece of property. Whatever the thing is, you just, to the best of your knowledge today, you list out all the stuff that needs to get done. Next, what's all the assets or requirements that, that are necessary, the physical things. Maybe it's a, hey, we need a deed or we need to get an attorney. We need a patent lawyer. Um, I need uh, somebody to, um, you know, I need a web designer. It could be anything, whatever the thing is. You start thinking about all the different um, assets and the people that you need in place, the particular roles, not necessarily the human beings. Now, if you have the name in place, that's great. I need a CPA. I know a great CPA. Her name is Sarah. I'm going to reach out to her tomorrow. When you have all those things in place, then you start thinking in terms of, okay, now we can put this in order. What has to happen first? Then, and you might find that step one was actually step four to begin with. So you flip them. Mm. You might find that step 12 now needs to be step six. The point to it is don't worry about time. Don't worry about sequence. Don't worry about being linear yet. Give yourself, your brain, your soul, your creative genius, an opportunity to just be heard Take it out of the closet. Let it see the sunlight. Let it scream to the mountains of how excited it is to be alive. And you just let all that information come out. You start sorting it out. Okay, here's what physically has the steps, the actions, right? The things yep. I have to do, the doable stuff. And you'll know the difference between all the other stuff is if I put up a videotape, if I, if I grab my phone and I hit go on the camera, what am I going to record? What's videotapable? That's an action. List all the actions, and then you can start thinking about sequence. So when I go step one, step two, step three, it sounds so great. You're like, oh my God, easy for you to say. Well, yeah, but it takes a crap load of work to get to that point. First, list all the crap that you think you got to do. Second, then you can put it in order. Then you look at the people, or you look at the assets, the actual physical pieces of equipment or the things that have to get built or acquired. I need a delivery truck if I'm going to have a pizza shop. Okay, great. List that and all the stuff you got to have. The point is, is that the more you kind of lay this stuff out, the less scrambling inside your brain, or I like to say stripping the gears in your brain, the less of that actually happens because you're doing the work now. And Aaron, you know this as well as anybody, because you actually did it. It takes discipline yeah, to sit sure. down and for do sure. that. Most people uh -huh. won't do it for themselves. So reach out for help. Ask somebody to help you with this stuff, you know? And when you get clear on all of those different things, you get the clarity, the certainty starts to take a back seat. Well, this is going to be hard. I don't know if I can do this, but that, that's, you're coming from a place of certainty. You're certain <laughs> that it's not going to work out. Last time I did this, I got my ass kicked. Yeah, you're coming from certainty. 
drop that bullshit. Let's talk about getting clarity. What is it you need? What is it you want? Oh my God, that feels great to ask the question. What does I want? I really want to start this business, man. Okay, cool. What does it look like? I don't know. I'll figure that out. Great. What is it you think you need then? Bang, bang, bang. What needs to get done? And then we can start dialing stuff in and then we really get some traction behind it. You're a great example of this because you did all that. And then you did the one most important thing. You picked up the phone, set an appointment, went in there, gave your best uh, you know, presentation to this guy. And he's like, I'm in stroke yeah. you a check and the rest is history. Right. Yeah. It seems easy. It's not, it's pretty simple. And in some cases it can get complex. The question is, if it's complex, how can we simplify it? You know, sure. you start just kind of getting down to it, but really that's what it comes down to. Yes. Um, JT, we, we are going a little over our time, but I just I, I want to do the next section a little quicker if we can. Yeah. Before we get to that next se section, I'm going to put you on the spot. And for every guest that comes on my show, I come up with a, a word or a phrase that kind of best describes them. So I'm going to say the, the phrase that I came up for for you with for you. And then you can tell me yours uh, if you if you can. The one on the for you? Here. No, I'm going to no use for yourself. Oh, for myself. Yeah, for yourself. So yeah. I'm going to I, I was thinking a lot about you and I was thinking about, you know, I even, you know, I didn't mention this before, but I even went to your live event in San Diego. And, uh, you know, I just was thinking about all the stuff I've learned from you and reading your book. So I came up with the phrase of facilitator of self-belief hmm. because you really made me or helped me believe in myself, believe in these things we're talking about, believe in my mission, believe in my clarity, believe in my messaging, believe in my, my own confidence that I could go into that meeting and get that check, you know? So uh, does that resonate with you? I love it, man. It, and coming from you, it means a lot. The, it's funny because that's not what I would necessarily said for myself, but it makes sense. Like I, and I, I receive and accept that hundred percent. Thank cool. you. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, could you come up with like a word that best describes yourself or a phrase? Uh, doggedly determined leader. That's that. the way, the best, the one that comes to mind, you know? I love that. Absolutely refuse to back down uh, to, to anything and absolutely refuse to back down in the spirit of other people, for other people. Yeah. Um, one thing that I hold dear, near and dear to my heart is the identity, if you will, if you want to call it that, I'll own that, of being a provider and a protector, especially for the people that I love, people I work with. Yeah. yeah now that yeah. can sometimes be taken in a weird way. And it's the warrior spirit that's inside of me that, that calls to that. But it is really, truly what I see myself as, as a leader is that doggedly determined, like, dude, I will provide and protect as necessary. Yeah. Not because somebody else can't do it for themselves, but because if they come to me like, bro, I need your help. I'm going to help provide whatever clarity they need. And if they're like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm thinking of bailing or, or I've lost my, you talk about self-belief, self-esteem, whatever it is. I'm going to, I'm going to protect them in that moment. I'm going to defend their dream just long enough for them to get back on their feet. Yeah. So that they can get back on it that's for themselves. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's leadership. That's inspired leadership to me, you know? Yeah. And then even in your, your IG uh, profile, you say momentum shifter. I love that. Um, so for this next section, I want you to just, I'm going to kind of go quick. Okay. So whatever comes to mind, um, just kind of, you know, just rattle it off. Sure. Okay. Sound good. Yep. Let's do Let's, it. Uh, momentum. What does that mean to you? It means uh, rapid progress. 
sustained rapid progress being in the zone focused the game of money fun self-motivation discipline motivating or inspiring others calling fulfillment uh success legacy can i say more than one word yeah. can it be a phrase yeah the byproduct of living authentically let's go let's <laughs> go okay before we end jt give some advice for anyone struggling with anything right now the struggle is worth it and the struggle is part of it it was always meant to be the fact is that you are uniquely designed built and and equipped for that struggle it doesn't feel like it like sometimes you're just like this is way too much and that's actually part of the process it the the struggle wants to show you just how strong you are you've got to be open enough to lean into that struggle to find it and and also be strong enough to ask for help honestly <sighs> JT DeBolt. Bro, that was awesome. Um, uh, I'm so, I feel fulfilled right now. I mean, that that was great. I thank you so much. Um, I, I do want to really promote your book right here. Um, Flight Plan to Success. Anyone listening to this or watching this, go get, go get this book. I'll leave a link to it below. Um, this book has really helped me out. Um, you have just been a light in my life bro and i'm just so glad that you came on to this to my podcast and shared all your stuff with whoever's listening so thank you so much just take take a moment to promote anything you want and yeah go for it i appreciate that aaron and, and i appreciate you sharing the book with folks uh i think probably the most joy i get is with connecting people with people uh, either on Instagram, like you said, at JT DeBolt. Um, I've got a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash fly with JT. And it's, you know, it's the place where I kind of am most creative and put the, the newest stuff out. And then, you know, as I bring out more stuff and more opportunities to work with people, I'll probably broadcast or I will definitely broadcast it there. So yeah, thanks for that opportunity. I really appreciate it. And, you know, you talk about uh, being a light, bro, you are, you know, it's, it's very cool to see what you've done and what you continue to do. So keep that up, brother. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Don't go anywhere, but uh, everyone listening, appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll talk soon. Stay right there, JT. This episode is brought to you by DAF Global. If you're looking to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you're looking for editing services, hit up my guys, Oliver and Garrett at DAF Global. They're awesome. They help me with this podcast and they take care of all kinds of different services like editing and audio enhancement. And they're great to work with. They're also offering a 10% discount to all within the game listeners. So hit my guys up at DAF Global on Instagram and also on their website, www.dafglobal.co.uk.